It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 8th of July. The Jazz are in the bubble watching MLS for some indicators. How will the Jazz keep Black Lives Matters issues at the forefront while still playing basketball? We hear from the players on that. Plus, Tony Bradley's growth and Emmanuel Moutier's perspective on things. All coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Inching closer and closer to action. The guys are in the midst of quarantine right now in Orlando as they are in the bubble. Jordan Clarkson sent out a little Instagram playing around the fact that he's in the equivalent of jail. (laughs) Uh, I think as a little kid looking through the windows, I think he was kidding a little bit. But uh, so here we are. The Jazz are in the bubble. My understanding of right now is that the next step is for the next 36 hours, they are quarantined into their rooms without much to do. Their food will arrive. Uh, The food that they're getting is uh, pre-prepared for them. I was listening to a um, a podcast uh, explaining how the meals um, have arrived. They arrive in a bag and rather than getting a single individual, like you don't choose, you actually just get a whole bunch of everything. Um, that, and so you choose and you get a tremendous amount of food is actually what kind of the word is out there. That's what, uh, Malika Andrews was sharing. Um, so that's the answer we've seen. Um, some of the, uh, people kind of sharing that they have their various, uh, what, the, what they're getting, um, in, in the early stages of this, but they are all, you know, there, there's no it's everything's being done to have the fewest and littlest uh, amount of interaction. And so you actually get like your chicken and you get your this and you get your that and you get your this and you get your that all at one time. Um, and I, I'm pretty certain uh, that there's not going to be a, a lack of food. So there's a bunch of the early teams that are in. Troy Daniels has posted if you want to search and find out like what it looks like, but it looks like a very much uh to some extent, like your, uh, frankly, like your stay, it, like an airplane, uh, delivering uh, food in, in in many ways uh, about that. So, uh, pretty pretty interesting time. So this is the first step. The MLS is really worth watching. So they're in the exact same bubble. They open today. Uh, I was reading the Axios dot uh, com sports newsletter with Kendall. Uh, Baker and he was explaining how many of these um, how this works and uh, not being the biggest soccer fan in the world Uh, but it's this is worth watching so they've had one team that had 10 positive tests and had to pull out they have another team that has tested uh, Nashville at their opening match tonight has been postponed when five players tested positive they've got their whole groups there so they've got 
six groups of teams, four teams in each group, except for, for some reason, their group A has six teams, and now their group B only has three teams. So I, I don't quite understand how it works. I guess that, you know, whatever, we don't need to get in. They all advance the top 16. But what's really important for us to watch is just how the, how they do in the bubble. They're in the same bubble that the NBA is. So they're the, they're the early indicator right now on what takes place. Now, from a jazz standpoint, when they're, when they have now moved past, once they're out of their isolation, then they actually start practicing and the tests come and we see. So I, I, you know, my guess on level of importance of things to keep an eye on. The first one is tr- when there's positive tests, which there will be, then how is it transmitted? The interesting question on the Dallas FC team is, you know, what happened that a third of their team got it? Was it, and did they get it after going into the bubble? Did they all do something they shouldn't have done and they all went out to get it? I mean, that, that type of tra- super spreader transmission, if you've read the data, the data shows that super spreading transmission happens at that choir practice in uh, Washington, at bars in various places. So did they? Did something of that happen with that Dallas FC team that caused that? Or, you know, the Orlando Pride uh, women's soccer team happened because they all went out to a bar? Or did it somehow happen in their natural interaction as athletes? That's, that's going to be the big, big thing to watch on whether this is going to be successful or not. So these are some big things. Um, and, you know, just in sports in general, by the way, this doesn't impact the Jazz or the NBA, but today's that Ivy League decision coming down that's a big one. It will have an impact on uh, what happens, uh, or at least will be, you know, I think, quite honestly, we learn a lot from teams that don't have profit involved. Right. So that decision's coming down today on the Ivy League football. What they're going to do, they're unlikely to play entirely now. So we'll see what happens um, from there. So that's that's where we sit. It's kind of kind of interesting and um, uh, frankly, somewhat somewhat exciting times in that were something brand new. I, I, I thought the jazz players overall and we'll hear from a bunch of them coming up here had a really good take on this, like the, and their general take, which. Maybe it, you have to self-convince yourself of this a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I thought that they, what they, the take they had uh, that I thought were really was good was, we believe the NBA is doing the best they can. We believe they're trying to safe, keep us as safe as possible. And no one's ever done this before. So who knows? which is like the total honest approach. And then I thought Emmanuel Moutier, who's not one of a lot of words, but often is very insightful if you actually kind of just catch what he's saying. And and what he and his message in that was, quite simply, if I'm Joe Ingles or Mike Conley and I've got a pregnant wife or I've got a family, then yeah, the uncertainty would make me nervous, but I'm single I want to play ball and I'm just going to watch and see what happens with the uncertainty. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of that. That's the answer right there. That, right. For some of these guys, it's nervous. Joe Ingles is interestingly talked about returning home is what he's most nervous about. These guys are elite athletes. The data says that if they get COVID that what's happened so far with most of them is what 
you know, that's the data. But the data is not always right. I love numbers, but th those are only percentages. So, you know, it, it's an interesting time. I, and, I, and, I, and I've said this, and I'll say it again and again and again, and I don't know how we'll ever actually know what this is, but how the players deal with that uncertainty, I think is, and how they find a routine in the midst of it and how that bothers them and how their inability to get away is going to dictate a lot of how they deal with this. Yesterday's news cycle was dominated by the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell items. We talked about it an awful lot. I, I don't, I don't want to get more into it. I, I thought there were, there were a few things that I didn't talk about that I do want to talk about, and I, I'll do that in a moment. I also thought that, I, I love Tom Ziller does a really nice job. He's got a newsletter out. He used to write for SB Nation. He's on his own now. You know, he writes, we learned from McMahon that the coronavirus issue is just a flare-up, but the Tinder for a relationship breakdown has been in place for some time, so ordinary and cliche. Gobert is bristled at Mitchell not passing the ball enough. Mitchell gets annoyed at Gobert's annoyed demonstrations that he's open. He's, there's the added scoop of envy of, over fame, as well as Gobert gets snubbed for all-star spots and bid ad campaigns where Mich flashy Mitchell soaks up all the attention. Tom Ziller says it beautifully. This is all so basic, he writes. Right? He then says, while Donovan didn't participate in the story, Gobert is an open book and shows some real self-awareness with this quote. Quote, Donovan has a very bright personality and all that, and the way he plays has much more fun to watch than me. If I was 12 years old, I don't want to be watching beeping Rudy Gobert. I want to watch Donovan Mitchell. And I thought it, like, that's the one, one of the things that I didn't talk about yesterday. A little bit because... I didn't want to come off as like the total homer, but there's some really interesting self-awareness out of Rudy Gobert that's developing. I'm going to elaborate on that in a minute, uh, but today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the store at 6200 South and 20th East, also located at the Gateway. The store gives you the community feel that we're all wanting. Great products, incredible pride taken in what they stock there. Uh, whether it's Scott or Amy or Jeff that went out and found whatever it is, the brisket place in Logan that they bring in that has like just the incredible brisket. Whether it's their ribs that they have such pride in, you just heat them up for 20 minutes and they're ready to go. Whether it's their incredible pre-made enchiladas, it's always enchilada time of the year. Whether it's simple as the amazing chips that they have, that the backstory is the woman was that made them at a wedding and Jeff asked her if he, she would be willing to mass produce and now they're in the store and they're the scores, store's exclusive tortilla chips and they're amazing. So go check all of these things out at the store at 600 South 20th East. Also down at the gateway you, inside the city, you get that urban feel there. They've got pre-ready meals for you if you're grabbing lunches. They've got the mudslide cookies, which are so great as well. So make sure you check it out. The store, 600 South 20th East. Also Aggie ice cream available for you. Normal ice cream with a great ice cream bars. Super fun items all throughout the store. That local feel. Utah's own the store, 600 South 20th East. Also located at the gateway. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. 
multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's Freshly.com slash locked on NBA. Rudy Gobert is... 27 years old and developing before our eyes with some very open quotes, you know, basically saying, you know what? All my relationships have a little bit of an issue. I'm the beep. Let's be honest about it. Rudy's taking a hit. And, and, and I don't know that he totally deserves the hit. First off, Rudy's 28 years old, just turned. His been the underdog his entire career. And his, Number one goal has been greatness. This To be as outstanding and as great as Rudy Gobert is, you have to have single-mindedness, selfishness. You have to have those qualities where everything in your world is about being the greatest center in the world. You don't become two-time defensive player of the year, two-time All-NBA, block champion, three-time All-Defense as the 27th pick of the draft and develop the way that he has without single-minded selfishness. Everything in Rudy's life has been about being great. And what leads him to greatness? And as we talked about yesterday, which is, I think, an interesting question, is whether or not we have, you know, whether or not that quest for greatness is always the same as wanting to win, is helping your team win. I I actually don't think they always are, which is what makes this such a complicated thing for young players, is that. There's actually scenarios where you developing yourself the best you possibly can into all of your own abilities doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best thing for the team for the team to develop in that in and in, in to win even though it feels that way, right? That's a really that's a really complicated contrasting situation to have the fact that your own personal developing the greatest you can possibly be might not actually be the thing that leads the teams to win the most. So that's a that's a weird contrast. We talked about that yesterday. But when we, we talk about Rudy and, and and in this frame of this conversation and, and these things, that Rudy says, like, yeah, I'm not always the easiest to deal with. I, of course not. Like, I kind of, this is where I go back to the Tom Ziller quote. Like, it is all so basic. Donovan 
has this remarkable personality that seems to be more inclusive and seems to be, you know. But at the same time, Donovan's dealing with the quest to be great, the pressure of being an Adidas person, the quest of having the shoe. All of those things go into it. Now, does that mean that Donovan will shoot not pass? I don't have any idea. I'm not about to get into being able to understand that. But it does go into the whole mix of everything of like what's driving pressures, individual development, all that. So what I think we're seeing right now at a Rudy is this really interesting development. I think many of us, if we're honest about this, will can relate to this. If, If any of us have ever like had a goal or a quest or something that they wanted to achieve. You're pretty single-minded toward it, right? I think anybody who, I can only speak for myself, but anybody who worked at 1320K fan, when I was the program director from age 22 to 28, there would probably agree that there was a single-mindedness and probably a lot, not a lot of compassion and a lot of outside, like there was one single thing we, I want, we wanted to achieve and I was not trying, right? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, there's also like, that's, that was the goal. There wasn't, there wasn't another goal here. So I think, most of us from age 22 to 28 who have been trying to achieve would probably be very much guilty of all of these same characteristics, whether you're a salesperson or whatever you are. And then at some point you widen your world out. That's, and it's, this is really fun and exciting to see one of our players do that. The other one we're watching recently is Tony Bradley and some of his development. We've talked about it a lot. So I want to share, you know, it's not like these aren't like, oh my gosh, wild. But it was fun to talk to Tony the other day. He's not always the most um, outspoken, but I thought there were some interesting things he talked about and I wanted to share them with you uh, from our, our call with him the other day. The first of those is I asked him just about how he looked um, and and what he did during quarantine. Look thinner again. Have you lost more weight? I look thinner right now? Yeah. I uh, I think I put on some muscle. Um, I wasn't in, I wasn't trying to, but I feel good. I feel good. I'm moving well, and I, I've been getting that compliment. I've been <laughs> a lot of people are like walking around the facility say I look leaner, I look thinner. So uh, it wasn't intended for me to. Yeah, my face. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I uh, I guess yeah. I guess the look is that I uh, I leaned up. So you were so young when you came. And you've had these various growth things. We've seen it in person. Is there some aspect of this kind of bizarre COVID living on your own during it being that you actually may, this has been a huge growth period for you in some, in some capacity? Uh, yeah, well, I knew during this time I would, wanted to try and find new things to do, grow in different things. Uh, like uh, the cooking, the cooking stuff, I actually enjoy it cooking with Anthony and after Anthony I just started cooking my own going Pinterest and just just little hobbies you know that I don't usually get a chance to do that type of thing and then also just trying to take care of my body eat better continue to work out but it was definitely different during this this quarantine and things such like that um 
It was great, though. I think you can hear his positive energy. He's always been a happy kid, but there is a level of of growth, and, and this has been fed back to me from coaches as well, that his work is different, his play feels different, that he's growing up, he's developing before our eyes, and it's a uh, it's an interesting thing to watch. So, uh, and, and here, actually, Tony kind of openly talked about things he tried to Im- learn and improve upon during the quarantine. I, I feel like one of my, like, I want to say a weakness, but things I really don't like is the camera. And so, I don't know. Then this quarantine, I wanted to work on things that I'm really, that I'm, I'm pretty much uncomfortable with. And so, I kind of turned, like, being in front of the camera into something I enjoy. So, uh, it was it was natural. Like, I really enjoyed cooking, especially in front of the camera, and, you know, just showing my personality a little bit. It was fun. I enjoyed it. These call. this is all taking place on a Zoom call. And so, at this point, to all of us who've covered Tony's entire career, it's abundantly obvious that we're actually talking to a different kid. That like this is that he's grown up. And now all the questions start to head toward this because you could have had whatever you thought you were going to talk to him about, but he's clearly different than what he was when we've interacted with him in the past. And so there's now more and more questions about his confidence and the growth. All I know is when I get an opportunity to play is I just leaving it all I have on the court. And, you know, and I guess it's a comfort thing. The more you do it, the better you feel about it, you know, when you're playing. But I guess that's kind of what's, 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 uh, what happened a little bit when I was in a, like the mix of the rotation of playing. Um, not, not so, not so myself of getting comfortable, but like I'm used to it. You know, I have a routine, you know, at a certain time where I get in, I play, I know what to expect, you know what I mean? And I was getting used to it. So, I guess it was kind of a thing where um, it's a rhythm thing, you know? Um, it's kind of to tie into confidence. Obviously nothing groundbreaking, but I hopefully you can feel and hear a little bit difference out of Tony uh, than what we've heard in the past. Uh, one of the questions about the Jazz and the players and the NBA going to the bubble is how do you keep the movement that's taking place at the forefront of people's minds when you enter the bubble. We'll hear what a bunch of the jazz players had to say about that as we continue. Today's show is brought to you in part by SOS Support. When you're building a small business company, there are things that you suddenly don't want to be dealing with. HR is one of the most common items around there that you're like, you know what, that's just not going to be my deal. Well, IT is another. SOS can help any business. They have hybrid plans starting at just $10 per computer. Fully outsourced plans are customized to your business and they can provide supplemental IT support for existing IT departments. Who's SOS support? It's great. Like if you're going to use SOS support, why? First off, 17 years in the business. Jason started it. He and Scott run it. What do they? Give me an example, David, of something SOS support has done. KT Tape. Take us company. KT Tape, 40, 50 employees, blowing up, exploding. IT is becoming more and more important. And so they hire SOS Support. SOS Support is now a whole partner. Instead of hiring a $100,000 plus in-house IT person, SOS supporting it in one of their hybrid plans I just mentioned. What does SOS Support do for a locked on? They'll give you a no-obligation IT assessment, and they'll include a PCI assessment. Why am I using 
SOS support, you ask? Because they're, you're taking a small business, anywhere from five to 100 employees, they're giving you cybersecurity, day-to-day, value-century mindset. They might not be the cheapest, but they're the best IT partner in the state of Utah. Their retention rate is through the roof, and they go all the way back to 2004, so you know it's real. Guys, ladies, people, business owners, banks have started the process to make sure you are secure. Financial institutions are requiring companies to have all their data secure. This is not a game you want to play from in crisis or from behind. So give Scott or give Jason a call at 801-563-9700. That's 801-563-9700. It's SOS support, your IT solution for your small business. 801-563-9700 and ask about those hybrid plans starting at just $10 per computer. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I've tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. One of the questions has been, what happens when the players go in the bubble and whether or not they will be able to keep the message alive? Let's start with Mike Conley and what he had to say about that. Between Coach and I and a couple other players, we've had some ideas tossed around that we're going to throw in front of the team actually this coming Monday um, of things that we can do or or ideas that, you know, guys might have from from other players that could uh, effectively uh, continue the conversation and um, continue to create awareness and uh, and actual change in the situation that we're in right now. And... um, you know, Coach Quinn is is obviously on it. He's a guy that's this does nothing but think about these kind of issues and um, and situations to make everything uh, you know more accessible for everybody else on our team to have the tools to to speak out or, or um, present ourselves in whatever way we want to present um, towards each cause that we want to represent. So uh, we will have something. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it would be right now. Like I said, we'll meet Monday. Uh, on that, but uh, we're definitely preparing. So that Monday meeting was the before they left. They may have ended up doing that. You know, who knows when they did it. Haven't heard any results on it. Here's what's interesting about this. When you get behind a movement like this, what and, and this is what my, many much of what I feel like has been asked. It's not painless. There is a pain. There will be people offended. There's a whole movement up there about the origins of who Black Lives Matters are and what they stand for and what's wrong with it and all that. We're nitpicking, right? That's that's what happens. Same thing happened to Dr. Martin Luther King. Same thing happened to Malcolm X. You know, 100% of people's essences aren't always right. 
aren't always perfect. You don't support 100% of everything. And so there's a group that's not going to support everything. Nothing's universal. There's disagreement. We're divided, right? So there is a cost to this. It's going to be interesting to see how everyone reacts to that. In, in many ways, what I feel like has been asked by people in this has been for people to be willing to take that cost, right? Like to not be the passive supporter, but to be an active supporter and understand that there might be a ramification to that and be willing to do that. That's very much kind of what I feel like I've heard from many of um, many of the players. And, and what they're feeling on this is, is that they would ask, and, and many of the p- people leading it is that they would ask the regular citizen to be a little bit more willing to maybe pay that price. Well, they're now out willing to pay some of that price. Here's what, here's what Jordan Clarkson kind of, in Jordan Clarkson's manner, had to say about those, you know, that basically, I don't agree with you and I don't, I don't want to hear it. If everybody's saying some, something's got to, you know, something's got to change. It's, 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 it's a problem that everybody is noticing. Um, so I feel like, you know, us using this platform, us having this influence on, on everybody or, or people, um, and we out there giving the same message. Um, I feel like everybody that's saying whatever, shut up and dribble, or maybe they should shut up and go look at themselves and go look at the mirror and really think to yourself, like, man, it is something wrong. So, you know, you got to. You got to face it and, you know, once you go over that and once you feel that, um, you know, you've you found, you know, something, peace of mind or anything, I feel like that's what a lot of people are searching for, to be honest with you. Uh, and I know a lot of messages that have been put out, it was like, you know, justice, no peace. And uh, I know a lot of people just want, you know, peace and, and justice. So without that, um, you, you don't have anything. Uh, Jordan was out protesting, if you recall, um, and out in the movement himself in Los Angeles with uh, his, his, as he said, his people. Um, here, actually, here, let's just, let's just hear what Jordan had to say. I don't need to put words in his mouth. Protesting, that, it meant a lot. You know, I, my brothers were there. Uh, and my family, we all walked and a uh, few of my, my homies, my old teammates, you know, we all kind of went out there and... Uh, join the part of it um, and it was a, a big uh, moment and um, Tom and you know we all are pushing for a change so it'll be interesting to see how they keep the message alive I think you know there have been no distractions there have been no school there's been no sports it's kept you know these things and now there'll be beginning to be distractions uh, George Niang commented on uh, the role of keeping the message alive while in the bubble. Donovan, JC, obviously I've spoken out, um, you know, have done a great job of, you know, voicing, you know, their feelings about these things and letting people know how it affects them. Um, Obviously we have an issue when it comes to racial issues in this country. Um, But I think the one, you know, thing that we've all come together and said is that, you know, we're not going to stop fighting, you know, so there is, equality. So I, I think that's, you know, what we're really just spearheading this, you know, I don't want to say argument, but this discussion with is that, you know, we're going to continue to fight the good fight uh, with positivity and doing the right thing and making sure equality is served. And as I think you hear from a lot of the guys, Quinn Snyder is 
you know, keeping this at the forefront, keeping the discussion going, keeping guys thinking about it. The the last one I talked to was Emmanuel Moutier. I thought he had an interesting, you know, he has an interesting perspective. He came out of the Congan Civil War. His mom fled to America. Uh, he then went years without seeing her. Then it all uh, was brought together from there. Um, and brought the family back together as they finally got across. He didn't know he'd ever see her again. And then he's lived... Um, you know, in the United States, in different environments. Um, some, I think, were pretty uh, stark poverty. Um, so I asked him what his per- how his perspective uh, might be on all of this from coming from a, a different different spot. For me, uh, you know, being born in Africa, it's a little different too because um, the area that I'm from, you see a lot of people, you know, a lot of privileged people come and kind of take over our territory, take over our land. So I can kind of see how people feel, you know, moving here and seeing how people feel about the situations that's going on. But I think what people are doing, you know, trying to protest in a peaceful way and just letting themselves be heard, I think is a positive, positive thing. I know Coach Snyder has been backing us up a lot. So respect to him on how he's, you know, approaching the whole situation. So I think as we go forward, a lot of, a lot more stuff are going to come out in a positive light to just try to make, you know, things a better, better situation. We're in incredible times, so it's going to be different. We'll see how does the bubble work? How does athletics play? How does the mental health of the players maintain a different environment? How do they keep the movement alive? These are all very, very different times and going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So we'll continue to follow it. The guys will be, uh, in quarantine, we'll hear from uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck today and have that for you uh, coming up as well. Locked on Fantasy Basketball continues with uh, all sorts of great coverage. Josh Lloyd's been amazing. Today's episode is Advanced Stats in the NBA Fantasy Implications. So feel free to grab that. He did a Dynasty Fantasy buy low options and sell high options earlier this week as well. So make sure you grab that. That's all available for you at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. So tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Have a wonderful day. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.